This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. Hey, welcome into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 1025 FM KQAM. It is a Saturday morning. Good Saturday morning to you. Let's get you up and moving for the day. Starting off a beautiful day. It's nice and sunny, relatively warm outside. We had like 70 degree yesterday, so that's awesome. Probably snow on the way tomorrow. Who knows? Because it's Kansas. But hey, welcome into the show and great to have you along for the ride today. Broadcasting live right here in Wichita, Kansas on the Big Talker KQAM. We are ready to rock and roll and we got one heck of a show lined up for you today. A lot of great guests. We have a lot of topics. And as you are aware, we are just days away from the mask mandate statewide going nada. Nowhere. You do not need to wear the mask any longer in just a couple of days across the state, although Governor Laura Kelly... See, I don't think they realize or they quite understand that we don't want them to tell us how to live our lives. They just don't get it. We'll get into all that today. Uh, We have some legislative updates for you as well. Coming up in hour number two, uh, yesterday we interviewed Congressman Ron Estes from right here in the great 4th District of Kansas. He was in studio with us as he is on break. He'll be back next week into D.C., which I'm sure it's good to get out of that uh, fumigated area of Washington, D.C. So we'll uh, play that interview that we had with him yesterday. Also, we sat down with Jim Bohannon, nationally talk radio host. You can hear him live weeknights right here on KQAM from 9 to midnight. A great guy. We interviewed him, and we'll play that interview wrapping up the show as well. Until then as well, 316-721-8255. talk You can call into the program, and we'd love to hear you on the show. All presented by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue for all your buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity of all your gold and silver needs. It's Phil's Coins, online at philscoins.com. They open up at about a half hour from now and open until 2.30. And actually yesterday afternoon, we sat down with Phil Martinez uh, to chat with our monthly chat with him as it is the end of the month. I cannot believe it. The last Saturday of March And we sat down with Phil Martinez to talk about the latest in gold and silver markets and what you should expect with that market. And this is what he had to say. Market-wise, let's get into that first before we talk about some of the other policy issues. Uh, But gold and silver, how we've been doing, the market's been really a roller coaster the first couple of months, especially after the transition politically from Donald Trump to Joe Biden. Stock market's been kind of wonky, but gold and silver, how we've been looking there? Gold is down quite a bit. Okay. Silver, I mean, because I'm selling gold or, uh, eagles right now at about 1930, I think, and I sold and I sold a bunch here not too long ago for 2152. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, so uh, premiums are high. Uh, trying to get it is impossible. Uh, you know, the gold is loosened up a little bit. I'm able to kind of get the gold coming in, but we're ordering about uh, I ordered 20 ounces of gold yesterday. Sure. I mean, right now we're carrying well over 100 ounces of gold in stock. So we've got plenty of gold in stock, but we have to order every, almost literally every day or every other day to keep our gold supplies coming in. And silver, oh, Lord, it's, it's, uh, <laughs> it, it's if you can get it in 30 days, you're blessed. Yes. I just made a phone call for 2,000 ounces, and I'm waiting to hear if they're even going to accept my order because if not, then i got to go somewhere else. But, but silver is getting to the point that it's going to get six weeks to two months out. And people and me do not understand that there, it is not out there. You can't get it. And premium and premiums. I'm paying more. The premium actually went up on me. So it, it it's it's crazy. Just that difficult to get it, and that's just everywhere. We just can't find it. Well, Why, yeah. What's the I reason mean, right for? Right now, I'm, I'm if, if I get the two thousand ounce order in, I'll have ten thousand ounces on order. 
Wow. And basically, I mean, and that's 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 crazy. I mean, 10 is not a big deal. I mean, I've had as many as 20, 22,000 ounces on order, but it would get here and it's coming. But if you look back at my order sheets and everything, most of that stuff's a month out and we don't know and we have no idea when we're going to get it. But all you can do is just keep ordering it. Yeah. We've got almost $180,000 paid out to, for silver that we haven't even received yet. Sure. But when you order it and you don't pay for it, you don't get it. Yeah. So, you, you know, if you're not willing to pay, you know, here the other day we had $400,000 paid out for gold, for gold and silver and didn't have any of it. Is it just because there's such a high demand, people are concerned about the economy, people are concerned about things just buying it, so there's such a high demand for it right now? Is that why it's hard to get? Well, yeah, and if you read any articles about silver and gold, they keep telling you about, you know, gold's going to go up and silver's going to, you know, the, the solar panel system is crazy right now. They're putting them up in South Africa as fast as they can build them and install them. And, That's you right, know, that so uses there's a lot lots of silver. and lots of silver. And this is a worldwide thing. Everybody's going to go to solar. And, you know, there, it's just not there. For the first time in 5,000 years, you have less silver above ground than gold. Yeah. And so, I mean, you, you, there's articles out there talking $600 silver. And I got a couple of guys that tell me they're not going to sell their silver till 600 bucks. So uh, whether right or whether wrong, you know, time will tell. I mean, you know, but I think in the next, you know, five, you know, the next two to three years, I actually predict we could see $50, 50 to $100 silver by the end of the year. Mm. Depends on what happens with the big bankers. But the silver is not out there. There's a lot of silver sold, but it's on paper. And, and unfortunately, I don't sell paper. I sell real stuff. I mean, yep. You walk in, you walk out. We are probably one of the only shops I know in Kansas, literally, that you can walk in, buy it, and walk out with it. <laughs> I mean, you know, I, I sold, you know, there's, there's, there is no silver in Wichita. Yeah. I mean, we have, we ha- you know, I have, I'm carrying more silver and gold than all the coin shops in Kansas put together. Sure. But but this is what we're known for. We are the largest bullion dealer in the state of Kansas. And I listened to him scream and holler about the prices. And I went through this with somebody on gold the other day. And I said, so what do you think I ought to make on a $1,900 coin? We ought to, you ought to make what, 10%, 20%? And I said, we're working on 3%. Wow. I said, you know, and he goes, if that's all you're making, then I have nothing to complain about. And I said, that's what I've been trying to tell you. Yeah, just trying to get it out. Know, and I have people walk in, and they don't ask enough info. You know, what do you get for silver or gold? You tell them. Well, that's ridiculous and walk out the door. But what I know is they didn't go anywhere else and buy it. Right. Because nobody else has got it. I mean, you, you know, some guys, well, I can buy it somewhere. We'll go buy it somewhere else. Sure. And it's a terrible thing to tell him, but I did. He comes back in, he goes, there's no one else. Yeah, he said. He said your prices are, are at their prices are about about the same, and he says, but they're six weeks out, and you actually have it in stock. I mean, that one day that was the only question. That one day that was the only question we had asked. Nobody asked stupid questions about what spot was. They were going, if I pay for it, you mean I can actually walk out with it? Because they've been on the internet. They're saying you know delay, delay, and, and they won't tell you two weeks, three weeks, four weeks. Everything's on uh, time delay. Sure. That's a new term now. Time delay. Yeah. But, you know, technically, when Biden got elected, I'm sorry, but, man, everybody is running scared to death. They're pulling 401Ks. They're pulling IRAs. They're pulling money out of the banks. Uh, the banks ought to be screaming with all the withdrawals they're having. But everybody is deciding that they want into something more stable than the stock market and the economy. That's very true. Now, is there any difference between U.S. silver and, like, Canadian silver? I mean, is there any more of a supply from coming up from Canada? Is there? Is it still just as difficult to get from up there? 
It took me it took me two months to even find anybody that had any Canadian maple leaves. Oh, silver. really? Wow. Now you can't. You, the Canadian government's running the same problem our guy. Nobody, they cannot get the metals in fast enough to produce them to make coins out of them. Mm. This is why you know. And you got the new coin. The eagles are coming. The new eagles are coming out in June. So the government has already started to shut down production. Uh, I talked to a dealer the other day that bought uh, 500 eagles of the 21s, and they told him it would be. May before he got them. Wow. And I went, May. Oh, Lord. I mean, so that's two months out. Right. I mean, so this is the thing that people are running into, and unfortunately, those that have it are going to make money on it. I mean, companies that used to work on 2% are working on 10% now. That's wild. You had mentioned before, and we talked about this in prior shows as well, about the uh, the short sales that banks have in silver yes. right now. Are those being still adjusted? Are those still on short sales? Are they starting to get rid of those? What's the what's the latest there? As far as I as far as I know, the six six big banks have still got shorts. They're 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 in shorts. The problem they've got is the only way to get out of the short contracts is to go out and buy back the physical silver. Right. They cannot buy back the physical silver because there's not that much silver out there for sale. Because uh, it's all been sold on paper. So a lot of paper out there, but there's no real physical silver. And they say if they could find it and buy it, it would, dri- it would drive the price of silver astronomically sky high. Sure. And so their only other position to get out of their short contracts is to go long. Well, if you take the six banks that are short and they go long, and Chase Stanley Morgan is long, which they're saying that these six banks can't stop Ch- Chase Stanley Morgan by themselves, let alone all go to long. So this is why I still believe that if silver gets into the $30 bracket, $30, $31, $32 bracket, these guys are already down $14 billion. They're going to have to go long. And if they go long, um, my estimate of $50 to $100 silver by the end of the year is going to look really good. (laughs) Well, I know you've been talking about it for a while, so it'll be interesting to see what happens by the end of this year. But this year is kind of... Wild, anyways. With now we're spending so much money at the federal level, we had the three, the two trillion dollar stimulus package. We're talking about a three trillion dollar uh, stimulus package now as well. I mean, we're going to be looking at almost six trillion dollars of a deficit in the first six months of a federal budget, which has never happened before. I don't think that we can sustain something like that, can we? No. I mean, we thought Obama was crazy. Yeah. I mean, he spent us into oblivion, and Biden's going to make him look like a pussycat. <laughs> I mean, you can't, you know. And, and, and but but now if you got you got to stop and think about this, and I guarantee when Biden ran for president, he's the only president that ever got elected that I know of that told you he was going to raise your taxes, and I guarantee you he's going to raise your tax. And well, actually, he says he's not going to raise taxes on anybody what below below seventy five seventy five thousand one hundred fifty thousand. He's going to tax the upper class. Not well, then he's talking about taxing himself and all these senators, and rep- they're not going to tax those people. The poor people are going to pay for it. And unfortunately, I mean, even the even the people that voted for him are having problems with all this stuff going along the border now and all the money he's spending. Yep. And uh, but at the same time, the Democrats are buying the votes. Yep. I mean, I listened to him interview some guy, and yep, I'm here because Biden invited me here, and he's wearing a Biden shirt and a vote for Biden flag, and da 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 da, and it's about the votes, and, and the Democrats are willing to spend whatever it takes to buy the votes because once they get in power and, and after what they did in the elections and basically stole the election, and I don't care what you think about that, that's a fact, they stole the election. If you're a Republican, you need a change to be a Democrat to, to run because Republicans haven't got a chance to win in any election <laughs> after they figured out how to, how to steal them. 
It's a mess. It really it is. is a mess. Yeah, it, it, and it's going to be a long time before we get back on track trying to clean some of this up, especially economically, because I don't know that we can get out of these holes, which is why people are starting to steer towards tangible items again with gold and silver. Now, we mention silver all the time. What about the gold market? Is it pretty consistent, pretty steady? I mean, are people it's, starting it, to steer towards maybe that way? I still, I'm still selling about 10 ounces a, a day okay, or every other day. I mean, you know, five, five to 10 ounces a day. Um, you know, I mean, I've had some huge purchases. I mean, you know, we've, we've sold some huge amounts of, uh, gold. I mean, we did almost that one day we sold over $300,000 with a gold in one day. Wow. So, but, uh, I mean, you know, it's, 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 it's tough and getting it, getting it's eased up a little bit, but like, you know, if you want gold buffaloes, you just will forget that. Yeah. If you want quarter ounce gold, uh, I've got dealers trying to buy quarter ounce gold from me and, I won't sell it to them because I don't know that I can replace it. Some of this fractional gold is crazy. I mean, it. I told somebody the other day I could buy uh, tenth ounce gold eagles at a certain price at when gold was eighteen fifty. Gold went to seventeen fifty. So if it dropped a hundred bucks, my tenth ounce gold eagles should have dropped ten dollars. Mm. They went up ten dollars, and not just a ten dollar. I mean, I'm paying ten dollars more for tenth ounce gold eagles at seventeen fifty. Than I was at eighteen fifty, so I mean the premiums on that stuff is twenty. They were used to be about twelve percent, thirteen percent. Now they're twenty two percent over spot. My cost, if I buy quantity and if I can find them, and how long am I willing to wait for them? Right. And this is what nobody's figured out. They just think they can. They think this is they walk in, they pay for it, they walk out, and I'm ripping off everybody. I mean, I looked at a big, <laughs> big national competitor the other day, and they were three dollars. On Silver Eagles, they were three dollars an ounce higher than us, and they're and they're sticking it to everybody because everybody's running scared. Everybody wants it, nobody's got it, and they're taking orders. They just don't and care. They, they just jack their prices up. I look, we looked at a big national competitor the other day, and and he's I haven't checked his prices in probably the last three weeks, but last time we checked his prices, he was one hundred twenty nine dollars an ounce higher than me on gold. Wow. And I and they complain about what I charge. Right. So I'm not, and they don't understand some of this stuff. I'm not happy about what I charge. Sure. But it's I'm sorry. And for, well, I mean, perfect example. I caught, I caught hell from my employees today because I pulled a box of silver rounds out that we're selling at 31. If you're buying like 500, they're like 30, 30, 75. Sure. I'm into them for $32 and a penny. Yep. I bought 110 ounce bars, 110 ounce bars the other day. They come through the door and I'm sitting there going, yeah, I got 10 ounce bars and I, and I'm selling them. And as of now, I sold out finally, but but towards the end, I was losing twenty dollars a bar. Wow! And they're still complaining about what I'm paying and what I'm selling them for. And yeah. I'm like, well, you know, one guy was just adamant about what it was going. I said, okay, I tell you what, I'm going to sell them to you for what I paid for them. Well, that sounds like a heck of a good deal. Then he found out he's going to have to pay eighteen dollars more money, so he didn't want them after all. <laughs> but they don't realize they don't realize you know I've got to keep selling, but yeah. I have but I'm buying it back at a cheaper price. So technically, I can't look at what I'm selling you and what I got into it. You got to look at what I'm replacing it for. I'm not selling you the one I got in stock. I'm selling you the one I just bought. I just bought. I mean, that's, yeah, that's exactly. the only way you can do it. Well, and I, I was going to ask about the bars because I always see, you know, you see on TV and you see all the news about the, the actual, the, the big bars. Yeah. Do you see a lot of people come in wanting to get the bars for silver or gold? And just well, the- right now, I mean, in three weeks, in three weeks, we sold 110 ounce bars and I'm out. And wow. I've been out for almost three days now. And uh, normally my 100 ounce bars just stack up, stack up, stack up, stack up. And then when we get a move and the market's up, we ship them. 
and right now I can't. I've got, I think, one in stock, but I've never sold so many hundred ounce bars. Mm. I mean, in a short period of time, I've sold more hundred ounce bars uh, since the beginning of the year than well, I'm gonna sell in a whole year. I mean, it's just it's crazy. Just they, they're for gold any, and silver, any, for silver, for silver. Yeah, okay, I mean, you know, just just any, any if you've got if you've got silver, it don't matter what form it's in. Yeah, I uh, finally got in some Canadian maple leaves. Uh, I've had I went out, some some lady come in and sold me a thousand of those, and we paid her for those. And so now we have Canadian maple leaves, and I'm telling everybody, you know, if you want to buy eagles, forget the eagles, buy the maple leaves because they're three three and a half dollars an ounce cheaper. And so if you're going to buy them, sell them, you're going to lose less money. So I mean, we always try to figure what's in the best interest of the customer, not me. Yeah, no, absolutely. I mean, and that's why people always want to come to you. It's we're talking about Phil Martinez, Phil's Coins, ninety three forty four West Central Avenue, uh, Silver Rounds. That's my favorite, and I need to get back in to start getting some more of those if you have any. But Silver Rounds, I'm sure, kind of the popular thing, aren't they? Oh gosh, yeah. I mean, you know, I pulled I pulled thousand ounces out of the safe yesterday and put them out. <laughs> uh, so I mean, we're selling so much of it so fast, the guys can't seem to get them all written down. I'm, I was going through my inventory and sitting there going. I'm looking pretty good and do my inventory. I find out I'm 2,500 ounces down that I knew I was a thousand ounces down, but somewhere somebody didn't write down 1500 ounces and man, that'll scare you to death. Luckily silver didn't go up. It went down. So it actually worked <laughs> in my favor, but it's crazy right now. Wow. Is that, I was going to ask, what is the most popular thing that people come in for right now? Is it the silver round or silver it, rounds and junk, silver round and junk, silver now rounds explain and the junk. junk again for people that may not understand what that is well junk silver constitutional silver it's dimes quarters and halves that are 90 percent silver uh technically it takes a dollar 38 to equal one ounce uh we tell everybody a dollar 40 for simplicity so you know it's uh, some guy's in here today and he he didn't want to buy any junk and his wife wanted to buy junk and so we got talking about it but you know if you go to dylan's and you know they happen to say, well, we have to actually have bread today for sale and one loaf, one limit of one loaf per customer, and you could buy it for a silver dime, and all you got is one ounce silver rounds or silver eagles. You could have bought technically 14 loaves, and all you're going to get is one because Dylan's can't make change. Right. So that's your way of making change for the big pieces. Gotcha. And we sell lots of junk, and the people come in. I tell everybody that if you've got $10,000 worth of silver, 4000 of it ought to be in junk. And people religiously pretty well believe what I tell them. Yeah, that's no, that's a really good is. idea. And it's something that when you go into a gold and silver shop, you usually don't think of as, oh, just my regular change yes, to try and find absolutely. it you know, yes. for junk. Yeah, that's yep. it's not something you usually think about much. Specialty items, outside of just trying to get and hoard as much as you possibly can with the concern of the economy or whatever is on your mind, specialty of, you know, a certain coin from the 1400s or, you know, some type of coin that's, you know, has some type of marking or emblem on it. Did, is that still a popular thing? Um, for people to come in and get right now, or is that Not just really? Uh, I mean, technically, I mean, you know, it's. Cause it's, I know a lot of coin collectors love those specialty items of like a certain coin that they're missing in their collection or yeah, something. I'm looking at I'm looking at a I'm looking at a gold piece for one of my customers right now. It's hundred thousand dollars. Holy cow! Actually, it's a little over a hundred thousand dollars, and it's it's a unique piece, and in one grade higher, it's two hundred thousand dollars. <laughs> but. I don't think my client's going to spend a hundred thousand dollars for one gold coin. Yeah. Though it, this is a tremendous coin, and it now that's the kind of coins that will make you money down the road. That coin will continue to go up because it's a rare coin to start with, and in the grade it is, it's really rare. So those kind of things. But most of my people right now are just buying silver and just gold. Buying silver. Uh, okay. Yeah. So a lot they, of silver dollars. I can't keep silver dollars right now. 
Interesting. Interesting. Now, how do they classify a coin as a collectible item like that to make it $100,000 for a coin? What's, what does it constitute to be considered a collectible item like that? Probably depends on how many they made. Okay. I mean, you know, it's just like Corvettes. All of a sudden, they're only going to make 50 yeah. limited edition Corvettes with a certain engine, certain this, certain that, and all of a sudden, that becomes a collector item. And it's the same way with everything else. Gold and silver and everything else is if they made fewer, I mean, like, uh, 93s Morgan dollars. Uh, they made way fewer of those, and a 93s Morgan dollar in junk condition is still twenty four hundred dollars. Interesting. And you can come in and buy a eighty nine P in the same condition for thirty bucks. So I mean, you know, so it, it, it's it's in, in a manage and nothing nothing's different. I mean, you know, everything's in how supply and demand and how many they made. Interesting, because I, I remember when, like, the Sacagawea coin came out, everybody lost their mind saying that was going to be the next biggest collector's item. Yeah, that's what they said. No, I just, uh, <laughs> that's what they said. I, break, I break hearts every day. They come in and go, and then the bad thing is because they look gold, they think they're gold. Yes. And they come in here, and, man, my dad left me all of these, and this must be $25,000 if it's worth a dime, and you tell them maybe $25, but not $25,000. We would. We break hearts every day over Sacagaweas and Susan B. Anthony's. I'm sorry. I remember just, those, you know, yeah. And and you hate to tell these people that. Yeah. I mean, I had a guy come in the other day with a coin, and I told him it was worth a nickel. It was a nickel, so I told him it was worth a nickel. And he's got one out there on, on the Internet for 850 bucks. They didn't as nice as his. It's the same coin. Wow. And he says, so you're telling me mine's worth a nickel, but the Internet says it's worth 850 bucks. And I said, well, basically they're lying to you. And – People got to realize they're looking for somebody dumb enough to send them eight hundred and fifty bucks. Sure. So I go up to my case and I get I get one out of a tube. I got a tube of forty, so I get one out. Happens to be way nicer than his, way nicer than one on the internet. And I walked down, I showed it to him. He goes, "Yeah, you're right. This is way nicer than mine." And I said, "Tell you what, I'm going to give it to you." Why would you do that? To prove to you that your coin's not worth eight hundred and fifty bucks. If yours is worth eight fifty and mine's nicer than yours. And what's mine worth? A thousand, twelve hundred bucks, and I'm going to give it to you. Now I'm not stupid. I mean, I'm going to get about twelve hundred dollar coins. And he's sitting there, and his wife looks at him, and he, and he goes, she goes, did he make his point, hun? And she goes, yeah, I made his point very clear that my coin's only worth a nickel. Only worth so, a nickel. So, and we and we see this every day. The people are looking at the stuff on the internet, and they have no idea what the stuff is really worth, and the information out there is. Crap. Well, that's the thing. Maybe one Bad of these stuff. shows we'll have to talk about some more of that and talk about some of the scams that are out there of people trying to fraud you on saying your coins are valuable oh. and trying to spend money that way. So, yep. yeah, we'll have to do that at some point. Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading all your gold and silver with honesty and integrity. Also online at philscoins.com. You guys open here in just a little bit. Open until 2.30 on Saturday afternoons. Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins. It's always good to talk to you, my friend. Enjoyed it. God bless all of you. All right, there it is. Phil Martinez of Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Also online at philscoins.com. That was him. We sat down with him last night uh, for this morning as he was uh, busy. But they're about ready to open here right now. So go and check those guys out until 2.30 this afternoon. Bottom of the hour break. When we come back, we got lots more to get to. We'll talk about some of the latest up in Topeka and uh, some of the legislation. The national popular vote has officially hit Kansas. What's going to happen there? Plus the changes in the mask mandate statewide. All that and more coming up here on Kansas Talk. Stay tuned.
You're listening to Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier. Welcome into Kansas Talk. It is a Saturday morning. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Great to have you along for the ride. Waking you up on a weekend, getting you moving for the day. That's what we're all about right here on the show. Thanks for hanging out today. 316-721-8255. 316-721-TALK. If you want to join into the program, we'd love to hear from you. It's open lines to you for the next half hour. Coming up, we have hour number two, a laundry list of stuff to get to as we have Congressman Ron Estes from the 4th Congressional District. We sat down with him on our national broadcast of The Voice of Reason yesterday. We'll play that audio coming up to kick off hour number two. Also, Jimbo Hannon, national talk radio host. He'll be joining us at the bottom of next hour as well, wrapping up the program. We sat down with him just a few days ago to talk about the latest and greatest in some of the issues across the nation. And you can always hear Jimbo Hannon at weeknights live at 9 p.m. to midnight as well. But right now, it's Candace Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier, and you can call in to 316-721-8255. It was a big news, a big week in news, if you want to look at it that way, as we saw the county commission for Sedgwick County end their mandates here in the county, effective as of Wednesday last week. What does that actually mean? Now, that means that they're not enforcing anything in the area. For mandates, for masks, for mandates for social distancing, that means we can start getting back to normal. Now, technically, for those that uh, to try and clear up some of the air, because there has been a lot of misinformation and some, and some confusion out there, is that there is still a mandate from Governor Laura Kelly that is set to expire on the 31st of March. So we have a few days left, which that is the one, if you remember all the way back when, from like uh, June, July, August of last year, and it's really just been extended since then, it says that if there is not a mandate at the county level, then it's the overall just by default mandate that needs to fall into place in that local community for mask mandates to to wear the mask in public venues and public places, to do the social distancing. That's what that mandate says from the statewide level. Now, at the same time, Governor Laura Kelly did sign the bill that came from the state legislature this week, which is why the county commission ended up ending their mask mandate here in the county, because it really says that they're not able to enforce anything and that local county governments would be open to litigation by businesses and individuals if it ends up infringing on their rights, telling them they have to wear a mask, which is good news. That's really good news. So that means that we just ride it out for the next couple of days. By Wednesday next week, whenever the 31st is, by then, then the mask mandates go away, the social distancing goes away, and now things can open up as normal. Now, Governor Laura Kelly said that she would be signing an additional executive order, but it won't be enforceable. Because if they try to implement said mask mandates, then we can sign litigation. We can go after the government for telling us, you know, something that we don't have to follow or abide by because they're not going to force us to do anything stupid any longer. Like, it, it, that's where the point where we're at. And I think people are starting to wake up. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe people are like, I really, really, really love the government telling me what to do as soon as I walk out my door and be very scared of the air and be very scared of the breeze and be very scared of walking around other people and we're just all going to die because, you know, we're very scared. I mean, some people like that because they're really helpless and they really like the government to hold their hand through all their life. I think that most people are going to be making their own personal decisions. And if they choose to wear a mask, then that's cool. If not, then you don't have to. Now, to the other side of the aisle, that's very upsetting to them because to them, if I'm going to do it, then everybody's going to do it. It's not just that I saw some posts on social media of, you know, like the just like we do with our firearms, you know, come and take it sort of thing. You're not going to get my firearms. They were doing that with the mask. Come and take my mask. You can't tell me not to wear a mask. We're not 
telling you not to wear a mask. We're telling you that you don't have to if you don't want to, but if you want to, that's totally cool. See, that's the difference between conservative and progressive. We don't care what you do. Do whatever you want to do, buddy. I'm going to do my own thing, and I'm going to choose what's going to be best for me, and you do whatever's going to be best for you, and that's fine. On the progressive side, no, no, everybody needs to do the same thing, and if you're not, then you're racist. And that's really how they like to live their life, which, I, I mean, I guess they like to, you know, infringe upon other individuals. But uh, so that's the latest rules. We still have an executive order statewide in place. Now that the county has gotten rid of their mandate, we by default fall into the statewide mandate that ends on the 31st. But Governor Laura Kelly will be saying that she's going to be signing a new executive order, trying to extend it past April 1st into the summertime. Uh, now, the problem is I don't know if that's going to be enforceable. And the really good news is that the state legislature in the bill that they signed and that she signed says that they're going to have a panel or they're going to have a committee that's going to review her executive orders and they can shoot them down and say no during an emergency declaration or during times of emergency. We can decide on whether it's going to be valid or not valid and we get to overturn your executive order if we don't like it. So if she tries to shut down businesses, if she tries to impose mask mandates, if she tries to do the social distancing, and if she tries to say that businesses can only have a certain capacity within their stores, then they get to say, uh-uh, ain't going to fly. So that's good news. At the same time, if they do try to impose that, then we get to open it up for litigation and the business gets to say, wait a second, you're infringing upon my business's ability to actually make revenue and actually have customers coming into my shop. Uh, guess what? I'm going to start lawsuits. So that's good news. Um, now, on that front, because the progressive mindset that we're really paranoid and we need to control you because we don't like losing this control, we've had the control for a year, and now we have to give it up. Remember, government, you give them an inch, they take two miles? Well, these guys, you give them power, they don't like to release that power. And that's why the Democrats have loved, loved being able to control you over this last year during the COVID-19 pandemic. They had an opportunity, and they seized the day. Why not take advantage of a crisis when... You know, never let a crisis go to waste. That's what they always say, right? Well, that's what they've done with these mandates. So because the mandates have ended countywide and because the statewide mandate's about to end next month, and after that they really can't do anything other than just we strongly recommend, like they really did for this whole time anyways, the mayor, Brandon Whipple, the man himself, has come out with his own video saying, well, we have ability at the city level to still create some mask mandates and still impose our will on you at the city level, which we're probably going to have to try to investigate and find ways to make this happen. Hey, everyone. Uh, Mayor Whipple here. Just want to give folks an update on what's going on when it comes to our, uh, really, the actions of the county today. Uh, we have seen our state legislature and uh, really the, even the governor mm -hmm. have come out and stripped the state or stripped the county commission of their ability to enforce and continue out uh, or even mandate uh, the mask plan that they had in, in place. Now, for those of you who have been following along, uh, the city of Wichita and Cedric County is actually doing better than every comparable city when it comes to lowering the spread of this. Uh, we are down, really, we're down at 2.2% uh, last last uh, yesterday and it, we're ticking up to 2.3 percent right now uh, we actually are seeing in our country I think I think it was 27 states are seeing a rise in COVID cases at this very moment uh, Europe right now parts of Europe are in lockdown and uh, frankly this new variant is just uh, on its way to becoming the uh, dominant variant 
uh, if we don't do what we need to do in order to stop the spread. However, again, the legislature has uh, rewritten the part of the law that allows the counties to implement uh, a type of any mask mandates or uh, really uh, addressing this. Pandemic. Can I just stop for a second? It's really hard to listen to him because he says uh, every single every single word drives me nuts. Now, as a radio host, I've fought to do that myself because I catch myself doing it on occasion. But when you public speak, dude, you've been in the state legislature for how long? You are the city mayor now, and you can't say a single comprehensive word without saying uh all the time? Come on, dude. Uh, utilizing the authority granted from the legislature to the counties. However, cities have our authority uh, under what's called home rule that comes from the Kansas Constitution. Uh, we actually have our authority that comes from a different, uh, a, a stronger position. And we could, uh, in theory, have another mask mandate. Um, our mask mandate we could put in, uh, which could get us to the point where once everyone is able to seek out a vaccine and get a vaccine, uh, it could give us the time we need so that could happen. Um, because one of, I think, the more cruel things about stopping on a program that is working while it's working at this time is that we only have one of two, um, one of two uh, uh, tools that are responsible for stopping the spread and getting our numbers as low as they are. One of those is masks. If you take away masks, now all you have is the other one, which is vaccines. Sadly, we got folks who uh, right now can't get a vaccine. Uh, they don't qualify. Or they might have gotten a All right, let's stop right there because he's just kind of dribbling on now and it doesn't make any sense. So this was done on the 24th, so about three days ago. Now, yesterday, if you haven't heard, starting on Monday, Governor Laura Kelly did sign as well to expand to phase number five of COVID-19 vaccination, which means any person that's 16 years or older is able now to get the vaccine starting on Monday next week in like two days. So we've really opened it up to the mass general population for COVID-19 vaccinations because we went to phase three and four and the county commission said, wait a second, we have thousands of vaccines just sitting here and we're not able to, uh, there's still appointments that are open. You can still go get them, which means either one of two things. We haven't opened it up for enough people to go get them or number two, there's not enough people that actually want to go get them any longer. They bringing, they're bringing in enough vaccines for the entire population when they've done the surveys statewide and really only 60% of the population in Kansas actually wants to get the vaccine. And they're losing their minds over it because they want 80 to 90% of the population to get the vaccine because they say herd immunity won't actually happen until you get 80 to 90% of the vaccination of the population, which isn't true because you can get herd immunity just by getting the virus and actually building up a tolerance and immunity to it. Oh, what a concept. Or you can actually, you know, do your own natural ways to boost your immune system to like allow that to happen. So that way, even if you get it, you're asymptomatic and it doesn't bother you in any way, shape or form. Another wild concept that no one seems to be talking about which personally, by the way, makes me distrust completely the CDC, the World Health Organization, the Kansas Department of Health and Environment, our local health directors. No, no one, not a single person during the entire year pandemic of a flu-like symptom virus have they said, you know, we want you to wear a mask, socially distance, try and stay sanitized, wash your hands, all that garbage. But what you can also do to try and help boost your immune system, maybe take some extra vitamins, maybe lose a little weight, maybe get a little bit of exercise, maybe do some natural things that boost your immune system naturally, 
So that way, even if you do get it, then hopefully the symptoms aren't as severe. That could be a side project that they or a side, you know, note that they could say, be like, you know, this wouldn't cure it, but it could at least maybe make the symptoms less severe if you do end up getting it just as a safety precaution. But they haven't even said that. Nobody. World Health Organization, the CDC, the FDA, the USDA, the local health departments all over the country. Nothing. They want you to be scared. They want you to be terrified, to live in a bubble, to live in your home, to never be exposed to anything, to walk outside even by yourself, to wear a mask, to get a vaccine and wear a mask. Because it's all the politics of fear right now, which is personally for me, that's what's led me to distrust this entire process and not listen to a single damn thing that they say coming from any of the health departments in any way, shape or form. But now this guy, Mayor Brandon Whipple, I'd love to get him on the show, by the way. I would love to get him on the pro- He won't. <laughs> he won't come on the pro- I would love to get him on the show, though. Uh, now he's saying, no, we need to extend the mask mandate so that way everybody else can get the vaccine. But he's going to want to extend the mandate anyways because they tell you that you need to get the vaccine and then wear the mask because the vaccine won't completely stop you from getting the virus and we still need to be scared so i don't know what it is but good luck with that if you want to try and use that little loophole from the state government to allow the cities to do your own thing which you have the right to do your own thing great but there's also now a law in the books that says that we can start litigation against you so try it i'm begging you try it and watch every single bar every single nightclub every single restaurant every single retail store come out and start suing you because you're trying to still uh, cap their capacity for what they can do after a year of killing them and then throwing them a bone saying that we're here for you try it it's not going to end well for you it's not going to end very well for you at all 316-721-8255-316-721 talk your thoughts on this the mask mandate should they be extended should the city start expanding their mask mandates or should we just let things go back to normal the way they used to be way back in the day i remember back in the day we could walk outside and not have to actually wear a mask <laughs> i i remember i back in my day i remember back in the day we could walk into a store and not have someone being there be like sir do you have a mask no no i don't Let's get your thoughts on that. We'll take a break here. Oh, by the way, real quick, too, talking about individuals that like to impose their will, uh, Brandon Whipple's not the only one at the county level. Lacey Cruz, county commissioner, she is the one that's been advocating for the mask mandates, not just mandates, but she also advocated for the snitch lines to call on people and businesses that weren't wearing masks. She also wanted law enforcement to punish individuals and fine them for not wearing masks. She's been the ultimate individual wanting to put on the law enforcement and the control over you with social distancing and mask mandates. She in her band performed she she's in a band. She performed at the Artichoke last night. Didn't wear a mask, didn't social distance. No. Um, I don't know if she's aware or not as county commissioner. County Commissioner Lacey Cruz, it is still mandated through the next four days for you to wear a mask and social distance and six feet social distance. You were up on stage with your band members and singing didn't wear a mask. Didn't wear a mask. I think we should call the snitch line on her. What do you think? I think we should call Lacey Cruz. You have broken the law here in the state of Kansas. You have broken those mandates. I think you just need to be booted off the county commission. Let's start that petition right here on Kansas Talk. Stay here on KQAM. Welcome back into Kansas Talk right here on the Big Talker KQM. Thanks for hanging out with us today on a Saturday morning. Great to have you for the ride today. About seven minutes to the top of the hour. By the way, real quickly, 
Regarding Lacey Cruz, County Commissioner, that's not the first time that she's gone without a mask. During this entire pandemic, we've seen two or three pictures of her hanging out at like fire pits with her friends, not wearing masks. I know. I know. But what she likes to do but by golly she you you better wear your mask you better get your vaccine and wear your mask 316-721-8255 316-721-talk here on Kansas Talk all right I want to shift gears for just a minute as we've talked a lot about it here on the program with the schools as you know the 1.9 trillion dollar COVID-19 stimulus package um millions hundreds of millions of dollars went to school districts all over the country not mandating them to open up in in in-person classes. Now, we do have another piece of legislative news coming out of Topeka that as of April 1st, by next week, mid-next week, all school districts must force uh, are forced to give the option, they're not mandated, but give the option to have in-person classes, which means if you want to go back into in-person classes, you can. If you don't want to quite yet, then you don't have to quite yet, but you have to give that option. So I figured that we need to talk about, you know, with people who actually deal with that every day because I don't, luckily. Um, so we have uh, we had to do some stuff today anyway. So Mrs. Voice of Reason and Little Voice of Reason are actually in studio with us today right now. And Mrs. Voice of Reason, you get to do the online schooling every single day, don't you? I do. Yeah, you get to do all the classroom stuff with her. Um, it's a lot different than the in-person class stuff, isn't it? It is. Yeah, it's almost like, what, like... Uh, um, almost like a homeschooling but not really not really um I basically am a teacher following her teacher's instructions but not getting paid for it Mm. it's so she gives the homework but then you got to sit there and do the work with exactly and the thing is is our school offers in-person classes thank goodness it's small enough which is nice however though with the back and forth of closing it down opening up closing it down i didn't want to put our daughter through that this year so i thought you know what we're just going to keep her home keep it consistent and honestly the teacher is so busy trying to deal with all the kids that are there in class that, you know, she doesn't see our daughter raise her hand or the other children that are online raising their hand or wanting to participate. Um, so it's kind of half with kind of a hybrid half and half there. You got to look at the kids in the virtual and the kids that are in the classroom. Right. And so her attention, I mean, is, is I mean, she's a wonderful teacher. They're all doing the best that they can. And they're just spread so thin trying to accommodate everyone. So as a parent, you really have to step into that role of, being a teacher and being disposable with your time and being right there to help your child with every single assignment and making sure everything's correct, keeping track of homework, making sure, having great communication skills with the teacher. Um, so it's it's definitely... Um, I mean, it, it's almost worth the point of just saying we're just either going to, you know, put her in the classroom or just homeschool her completely. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, some schools have done it different. Uh, ours, it's really hard. Our daughter is six years old. She's in the first grade and an attention span of a six-year-old is (laughs) uh, a little flighty. So could you imagine sitting there for six, seven hours a day in front of a screen? It's difficult, especially for a six-year-old child, for any child, even a growing up has a hard time with that. Um, So it's gotten to the point where it's a long day. 
Other schools, they have you call in, you meet the teacher, you talk to the teacher via Zoom for about an hour, and then, you know, you're, you're free to go. So at this point, yeah, either homeschooling or going to school full time is the better option because honestly, I am stuck six hours a day by her side go, repeating the first grade myself. Oh, man. It's crazy. It's it's a frustrating situation. I know a lot of parents, you know, have to go through this stuff and a lot of them having to work too and actually go to work and actually try to do some of that. It's difficult on them because how do they try and take care of their kids schooling and do that every day? So it's I, I don't know how I don't I don't know. It's time to get things opened up again. It's time. Thanks, Democrats, for trying to shut everything down. Screw us all up. Gotta take a break here. Top of the hour news right around the corner. Hour number two, we got lots to get to here on Candace Talk on the Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. This is crazy, and they're not even calling it a crisis, but it is a C word. Let's listen together. We feel that it is our responsibility to humanely approach this circumstance. Circumstance. Now I feel better. By the way, a lot of kids are not escaping prosecution. They're escaping their countries because ours is better. That's not a reason to come in. Why is that hard to understand? Weekdays at 8 a.m. until 11, right here on the Big Talker, 1480 a.m. and 102.5 FM, KQAM. Why would I sell the car of my dreams for a food truck that wasn't? Or rattle off condiment combinations in my sleep? Extra mayo, all the mustard, ketchup on the side. I mean, when did an app become my favorite tool? Nothing personal, Spatula. It's because I wanted to make the best burger ever. And QuickBooks suite of tools helped me get there. Intuit QuickBooks helps small businesses be more successful. Learn more at quickbooks.com. This is Kansas Talk with Andy Hoosier on the Big Talker KQAM. It is Kansas Talk. I'm Andy Hoosier, and happy Saturday morning to you. Thanks for hanging out with us today. Hour number two, hour one flew right on by. goes by way too fast. Welcome into the program here on the Big Talker, 1480 AM and 102.5 FM KQAM. We have a big hour lined up for you today. Can, okay, I got to jump right into this because we have limited time, and we have to do this. Uh, show of hands, and you can call me at 316-721-8255. When someone says the word shrubbery... Seriously, when someone says the word shrubbery, what is the first thing that comes to mind? Any male human adult, no, no. The first thing that anybody's mind should automatically go into when the word shrubbery happens is Monty Python and the Holy Grail. Those who hear them seldom live to tell the tale. The knights who say ni demand a sacrifice. Knights of ni. We are but simple travelers who seek the enchanter who lives beyond these woods. We shall say again to you if you do not appease us. Well, what is it to want? We want a shrubbery. We want a shrubbery. Now, If that is not the first thing that comes to your mind the very instant someone says the word shrubbery, the hell, man. What did I say? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) 
God love you. What a nerd. <laughs> going back a little bit, on the way down this morning, we're talking about some landscaping stuff. I just and, wanted to go to a nursery and, and get some shrubbery, and, and this and, opened oh, up a that's can it. of worms. That's just, oh, she just said the word shrubbery, and I almost drove off the road laughing, and she had no idea what I'm talking about. Because I'm a girl. I don't watch Mighty Python. No, 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 no. <laughs> Anybody that says no the word shrubbery, that's what should come to mind. We demand a shrubbery. <laughs> Golly, man. Come on. 316-721-8255. I'm serious. I mean, that should be the very automatic first thing that anybody thinks about when you say the word shrubbery. Yeah, there it yeah. is. All right, great to have you along for the ride today. All brought to you by Phil's Coins, 9344 West Central Avenue. Buying, selling, and trading with honesty and integrity with all your gold and silver needs. They are officially open until 2.30 this afternoon. You can go and check them out. Also online at philscoins.com. I want to shift gears a little bit here as we sat down yesterday with our very own congressman from the 4th Congressional District here in the state of Kansas, Congressman Ron Estes, talking about some immigration issues, talking about the bailouts that's with COVID, the new $3 trillion package about ready to come up, and this is what all he had to say on The Voice of Reason. We're trying to get back to regular order. How are things in D.C.? Is it still kind of tense up there? Oh, yeah, it's, it's unfortunate. I mean, it's been partisan for years, but the last uh, two to three months, it's just been a lot of hatefulness, mm. and uh, that's really unfortunate as as we go through this process, and we're, I'm hoping I, I I'm seeing some maybe to use a, an old word that didn't work when Obama used it during his administration was uh, some green shoots of at least people being able to talk back and forth across the aisle on different things. Sure. Uh, but, you know, as we saw two weeks ago when they they rammed the one point nine trillion dollar oh. spending bill through that they called a covid relief bill. Um, <laughs> we're going to see some more of that throughout the year. And so that's a, that's a struggling uh process that we have in terms of how do we come up with something that's bipartisan and and particularly when you talk about COVID is we you know we passed uh five pieces of legislation last year that were bipartisan yeah and they decided to, to ram this this spending bill through I couldn't believe it 1.9 trillion now before that passed I had seen the story really like a day or before before that was actually signed that we hit a trillion dollars of a deficit in the first five months of our fiscal year from October to February so we already shattered a record there. Then we put on another $2 trillion on top of that. Now we're talking about another $3 trillion stimulus, quote-unquote, economic recovery package. I don't know where the sense because we've already like shattered the record and then some. Uh, but before we get to the other bill, let's talk about the $1.9 trillion. It went to, I mean, I got my $1,400 check. Hooray. I feel great. I'm going to buy guns, so that's nice. Um, <laughs> for those that want to invest in other things, you know. But... Where else did the money go? Because it, uh, from what I hear, it really just bailed out blue states that shut down from red states that tried to stay open. Yeah, it really, it really was sad. I mean, you, you look at the bill, and and you know we had legitimate reasons to pass bills last year that, that focused on COVID relief, developing the vaccine, getting the vaccine started to be distributed. You know, addressing that and the immediate crisis of of people being laid off and and uh, uh, keeping businesses open. Yeah. Uh, this bill came through uh, two weeks ago. Less than a dime out of every dollar is going to COVID nineteen health issues. Good God! Uh, in terms of buying vaccines, getting the vaccine distributed, and and instead the money's going out. It's a bailout for states, and it, it wasn't it wasn't big enough for them to just do a bailout. They actually changed the formula. Uh, they they threw out the CARES formula that we had followed last year that spread it out across the population across the states, and they changed it more to adding. Unemployment. So it means if you're governor 
uh, which mostly the gov- Democrat governors did. If your governor shut your state down and ordered businesses to stay closed, obviously your unemployment's going to be higher. Yeah. And so they ended up funneling more money to them. They funneled money towards uh, a bailout for union pensions, uh, you know, in terms of instead of using the backstop program out there with the, the PBGC, which is a, a federal program, uh, sort of like the FDIC for banks, uh, that actually is a backstop for pensions. So actually throw more money in that way. So it's, it's really it's sad that they they use the use their old saying of never let a crisis go to waste, that they really just it's just a horrible spending bill. Oh, and, they took advantage. I, yeah, I, I used to say our kids and grandkids are going to have to pay back for this uh, all this spending to maintain the lifestyle today, but in reality, it's now become our grandkids and great-grandkids just because of the amount of money. Yeah, it makes me sick. I'm glad because you're on the Ways and Means Committee, so you get to debate all the financial stuff in government, which thank God you're on there trying to bring some kind of sense uh, because it's really obviously hard to do with what's going on with the Democrats. But I noticed the extension of the unemployment benefits went to September, which is the end of the fiscal year already, uh, plus the bailing out of the states from other states. Is this the normalization that we're starting to see from what government likes to do is we create or expand a program like unemployment benefits. Then we're going to say, well, we spent so much money. The economy didn't re- rebound as much as we want to. We need to extend it again thereafter as well. And is this the normalization of trying to do redistribution at statewide levels and a socialist redistribution plan from the federal government? Well, that that's not the worst part of, of it. The worst part is, you know, basically th- there's been state unemployment programs for years and they work and people get paid and, and, you know, businesses pay into it when times are good and when there's unemployment, then that, those programs are there. They're still there. They're still in existence. Uh, but what, what the federal government has done, and it, it made a little bit of sense when there was a big hit on unemployment to, to maybe figure out how do we help people a little bit. Uh, but now they've come back and said, well, we don't, we don't know what the unemployment's going to be between now and September, yeah. uh, but we're just going to pay people not to go to work. <laughs> and and, and the, the latest numbers I've seen is that, at least one third of all workers will make more money being unemployed and getting the extra payment coming from the federal government on top of the state unemployment sure. than they were making while they were working. So what we're seeing is a, is a lot of businesses go back to work. I mean, they, they can't find employees. They open yeah. up the doors. They they try to, they try to provide service. You know, people now are working out. You've been vaccinated. You want to go out to your favorite restaurant. Uh, you maybe you want to go away for a weekend and and you know stay in a hotel and and uh, the the workers aren't coming back to work because they make more money on this with this federal bailout on top of the state unemployment program. So um, what what we did and I I worked with uh, with Kevin Brady who's the ranking Republican member on the Ways and Means Committee and uh, introduced today a bill to actually help return workers back to work. And so basically we're saying. It's unfair for somebody who wants to go back to work uh, and and their friends make fun of them right. because their friends are saying unemployed. Uh, so let, let's give a bonus payment to return to work. And so instead of making all this extra money not to work, yeah. go back to the work and, and we'll give you a bonus payment of, of $1,200 if you're a full-time job to go back and work. And, and yet did you do go back to work for four weeks and then you're actually – you make the same amount of money during that time. You actually get your paycheck. You get started. You know, the economy can get started back again. You can take care of your family and, and do the things you want to do. And so mm-hmm. that's what we're really pushing for is how do we how do we make sure that, one, we crush the virus and we continue to get the vaccines rolled out uh, and continue to make sure that we treat people that are sick. 
uh, but also get the economy going back because we had such a great economy uh, during during President Trump's term. You know, it, it was just a year ago yeah. that we had more job openings than we had people unemployed. So uh, and now and now with COVID obviously shut that down, uh, but we need to get back to that point. Uh, it's going to be tough with the Biden administration and the policies they're talking about, uh, but we at least ought to be working towards that goal. Well, we have to work towards that goal because just extending unemployment benefits indefinitely is not going to solve the issue. I mean, we should have seen an example of Seattle when they raised their minimum wage of $15 an hour. And what happened is people tried to cut back on their hours so they didn't lose their benefits that they were getting from the federal government by working below the uh, below the uh, minimum wage or, you know, whatever poverty level so they could actually get their benefits. We're seeing the same example here. My concern is now with covid at what point do we say we can't afford to extend those benefits any longer because I know you're still scared of the virus or scared to return back, which is what a lot of people are trying to argue. When do we say, sorry, but you need to go back into the workforce now? I mean, I don't know when we do that. Yeah, it really is. And, and we've seen things like like leaders leadership in the teachers union uh, is is adamant that teachers shouldn't go back to school in the classroom. Uh, and, and so w- what that's done is it just means that parents have to stay home, take care of their kids yeah. instead of having the opportunity to get back to work. Uh, it's just, we've, we've taken this, uh, extreme fear of, of a virus and it's a legitimate virus sure. and, and, you know, you want, don't want people to get sick, but you know, there's lots of viruses out there. I mean, flu viruses and cold viruses and, and, and we're, we're all going to uh, be exposed and, and there's some level of risk in everything we do, even if it's walking up the stairs in your home and you know we've got to be prudent we got to make sure that we're we're continuing to move forward but uh the, the federal but but uh federal government can't bail you out of everything and no. you know i've been in dc four years now and and there is no money tree there <laughs> there's no money tree there well you bring up a great point with the schools too what drives me nuts we just in that bill in this covid 19 relief package we spent hundreds of millions of dollars to just give to the schools, which they've been already getting money all throughout this entire COVID thing. They didn't have to spend a whole lot of money district-wise to you know, do the social distancing, to do the remote learning, to get the laptops. I mean, they've already had that supplied by you guys, the federal government, but we didn't even mandate them to open when that, we gave them this money. That, I don't understand that. That's right. There's $130 billion going to the school systems on top of what's going to the state. Yeah. But that $130 billion, only 5% of it's going to be spent in 2021 and none of it requires the schools open right uh, which is which is a sad it's a waste of money uh to that extent uh and you know school districts are trying to figure out what to do with the money uh, just like states are trying to figure out what to do with all the money i mean states like california has a 10 billion dollar surplus yeah and they're still getting 26 billion dollars yeah it drives me nuts we got just about a minute before we have to take a break here so we'll kind of tease these topics going into the next one which the time always goes so fast and there's so much to talk about because i want to talk about the new three trillion dollar package that you guys are debating right now plus the immigration issue which is a hot mess and a half but real quickly in about 45 seconds or so president biden which i hate to say that term but president biden's press conference yesterday he mentioned some uh the, the kind of the attack on the Trump administration for cutting funding to certain nations. We need to reinstill that money going back to these nations for them to reinvest in their nation. So that way they don't want to come up here. That was going on way before Trump started cutting it and it doesn't solve anything. So, I mean, how much money do we send to these nations? Yeah, there's, there's, there's been, there were lots of cuts during the Obama administration in terms of funding uh, for foreign governments. I mean, it, I, I think as a, as a country, we can't stick our head in the sand and think that we'll protect our borders right. because there's countries around us. Uh, President Trump threatened to, uh, if, if, if Honduras and Guatemala didn't work with us, uh, that he would cut their funding. 
uh, but uh, that whole intent was that to get them to work with us, right. which was very successful. And, and, it I, and we want to talk some more about how successful the immigration uh, changes were during the Trump administration. Let's talk about the immigration thing for a second. We have record number of people just coming up to the border, and but not just coming up here, but wearing shirts saying, I came here for Joe Biden or Joe Biden brought me here. Or, I mean, they're literally coming up and saying Joe Biden will take care of us, so therefore I feel more comfortable doing so. I heard about facilities where it's like a 750-person capacity and you're trying to cram like three, 4,000 people into this thing. When did it go from Donald Trump's detention centers and, and concentration camps to the nice lovey-dovey buildings that we have today? Yeah, it's it's really sad that uh, to see what's happened to the country since Joe Biden took office uh, pertaining to immigration. Because, you know, President Trump put a lot of effort into, into shutting down this flow of illegal immigration uh, that had peaked during 2014, during, during the Obama administration. And, you know, our immigration laws are so broken. We... we We've got a lot of things we need to do in that regards, and, and that yeah. we probably don't have enough time on the show to talk about some of those things, both if you're trying to come in legally as well as, as coming across illegally. Uh, but the, the problem that uh, President Trump had, had addressed was, you know, let's make sure that we keep people from getting inside the country that would then scatter throughout the country. Right. And, and now the Biden administration said, well, come on across the border, and then we'll process you. And now they're getting swamped. I mean, they started this in January of this year, saying saying we're we're going to open the doors again. Uh, Kamala Harris, probably the worst person to put in charge of that, just because I mean her past track record is talking about we should make it uh, not illegal yeah. to come across the border. Uh, we should we should reformat ICE so that they don't get in the way. Well, comparing uh, ICE to the yeah. KKK, I yeah. mean, come on, and and, and we need to we need to give free health care and free benefits to all these illegal immigrants that come across the border. And and instead of that, you know, what we've seen since January. Is uh, the immigrant or the uh, illegal crossings have increased by roughly twenty percent, and since February a year ago to February of this year, over a hundred percent increases in the illegal immigrants that are coming across. And these these coyotes that uh, the gang members that actually uh, smuggle people across, they're slick. They know the laws better than the United States, and they'll come up and they'll they'll bring they'll everybody pays. Uh, but they'll bring up women and children, release them in one sector, and the and the custom and border patrol folks have to go address them, and and then they smuggle in their gang members right. through the, another sector while uh, while the, the border patrol is busy. Well, and sure. so it's it's uh, the innocent women we, and children. You know, I mean, come on. We heard the story from one of the media people during the press conference yesterday of the child that walked eight, uh, you know, a thousand miles by himself, a seven year old child that walked a thousand miles all by himself. And, you know, no one took advantage of that. I mean, come on. Yeah. That's, the, yeah. The, the, the stories they're trying to spin here is absurd. That, that's that. Yeah. That's a that's an amazing story. You think about that. Maybe they they uh, are training for the Olympics. You know, if you <laughs> if you really have that much stamina and, and that quality and, you know, to. Three years ago, when when it had started to peak again, and, and Obama administration started putting in the policies where okay, you stay in Mexico till we process you, or or working with the uh, the Central American countries and saying if you want to request asylum, request it in the embassy here before you travel to the U.S. border, mm-hmm. uh, and, and it kept things down. But at that point in time, there were a third of the women that were coming in, women and young girls that were being raped in that mix. Uh, now we're seeing, uh, I've seen higher numbers, sure. uh, with the recent surge coming through. We've seen that, uh, the, the latest count of what they're, the folks they have tested are 10% of them 
are positive for COVID, and wow. they're putting them all in these big detention centers altogether. Uh, I've seen larger numbers in terms of the the, the positive rates uh, in terms of people coming in. They're not testing everybody. No, of course and, not. And then and then the whole process to get them to get the problem away from the border is to send it to the middle of the country of and course. just spread all those diseases. But by the way, you know, we need to keep our businesses shut down and we can't, you know, get rid of masks because we're just Neanderthals thinking that way. All right, that was Congressman Ron Estes yesterday with the 4th Congressional District. We had him on the national broadcast of The Voice of Reason, and we appreciate his time as always coming in and swinging by studio when he's in the district. So we love that. We'll get him back on the show again here real soon. We'll take a break. Open up lines to you for the bottom of the hour. It's Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. minutes after the hour. Thanks for hanging out here on Kansas Talk on the Big Talker, 1480 AM, 102.5 FM, AM. Boy, we've covered a lot of ground today. Jimbo Hannon, National Talk Radio host. Uh, we'll play that interview coming up after the bottom of the hour, so stay tuned in for that one. Always a good chat with Jimbo. And it's been a while since we've had him on the program, uh, a couple of years actually, but it's good to talk with him. We'll play that interview coming up, plus your phone calls. I want to open it up to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. Get your thoughts on everything going on. We have some more legislative things I want to touch on here in just a little bit as well. As a reminder for you, and you just heard the commercial, we had them on the show last week. It's always good to get those guys in. The Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association, they have their biannual gun show going on right now. It opened up at 9 o'clock, so they've been going on for about an hour and a half. Up at Hartman Arena, 9 to 5 today, 9 to 4 tomorrow. $12 tickets for adults. Any any child under, I want to say 10, something like that, can get under free. And you can go and check out the gun show you, uh, with the purchase of the ticket. You get in both days, so that's nice. And you can go and check out the gun show, any antique firearms, new firearms. And, yes, they do have ammunition. I know. I know. That's kind of hard to come by right now because no one has ammunition, but they did say they would have some ammunition there, so go and check that out. It's the Chisholm Trail Antique Gun Association's meeting or a gun show coming up today and tomorrow at Hartman Arena in Park City. Go and check that out. It's going to be awesome. Lots of firearms. They said they have like 150 vendors, 160 vendors. So, yeah, you want to go check out firearms and get them while you're still allowed to before Joe Biden tries to get rid of them. Now is kind of your opportunity to do so. Yeah. At the same time, we do have some updates on the Second Amendment issues in the state of Kansas we'll get to after the break as well. So we'll try and cram a lot of stuff into the last half hour of the show. Until then, let's take a bottom-of-the-hour break. It's Candace Talk right here on The Big Talker, KQAM. Stay here. It is Candace Talk. I am Andy Hoosier. Happy Saturday to you. Getting you up and moving for the day. Thanks for joining us today. It's always a pleasure to have you with us as we not only start off your week every day in the afternoon. I won't start off your afternoon and the day with me, uh, but you can also start off your weekend with us right here on Candace Talk. Open lines to you at 316-721-8255, 316-721-TALK. 
If you want to jump on, we have our interview with Jimbo Hannon. We'll play here in just a second as well. But real quick, a couple of things in the state legislature that I do want to talk about and get your thoughts on. It's officially here. Now, is it going to go anywhere? No, but the fact that they've even tried to present, it's kind of comical. HB 2002 out of the Kansas State Legislature and the House of Representatives providing uh, enacting the National Popular Vote inter- Interstate Compact for electing the President of the United States. Meaning that if Kansas votes for a Republican, but yet the national popular vote goes towards a Democrat in the national popular vote, then the Electoral College in Kansas would be forced to vote for the Democrat candidate as opposed to the Republican candidate that you vote for here in the state of Kansas. That's exactly what that means. Now, it's not going to go anywhere. Republicans won't allow that to happen, but the fact that they even proposed it in the legislature is absolutely sickening. Sickening. Oh, and did I mention sickening? Absolutely. Let's go to the phones here, shall we? Uh, open lines to you. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. How are we doing? Good. What the, uh, what's on your mind? Go ahead. No. Well, what I was thinking, I, I, I was reminded of Obama when uh, they said, he said elections have consequences. He forgot to put the first part, though. Stolen elections have consequences. <laughs> See? Yeah. You really need from the party of lie, cheat, and steal, that's not surprising. But when you were talking about the rapes going across the border, you know, 30%, yeah. uh, I was down in Tucson, and there was a uh, discussion about this among the locals where some woman apparently refused to uh, provide sexual services for a uh, one of the drug kingpins. In fact, she scratched his face and, and hit his eye. Well... In response, they allege that she was taken out and gang raped by a bunch of people, and then she was stripped naked. They put her in a spread eagle position and tied chains around her from four different trucks and slowly pulled her body apart. Um, oh, it's a brutal, brutal system down there. Well, it is a brutal system, and the fact that there is that much sickness in the world just, you know, turns my stomach. Uh, with something like that. And just imagine, I mean, this is what's at our border. This is right on the other side of our nation, and some of it's already leaked into our country. And uh, Joe Biden is the one saying that we're just going to allow this to waltz right in. Kamala Harris is going to allow this to waltz right in because, remember, they're not the problem. It's ICE members that are members of the KKK because we don't like brown people, uh, apparently. So we're the problem, but because... We say, wait a second, you need to come through the process legally, and if you do, then we welcome you with open arms and welcome aboard. We love you to death, but we just don't want crime and, you know, sickness like that to come into our borders, and we're the problem here. That's what drives me nuts. Well, it's dangerous for the people coming across as well, as is the point, because the drug cartels are vicious people. But in addition to that, we lose 50,000 people a year to fentanyl. And that all is built in China, and, and Mexican cartels package it and bring it over. Mm. Well, that's 50,000 young kids a day, a year, that are killed because we won't stop the uh, fentanyl coming over the border. Sure. And we won't stop China. Yeah. No, I I completely agree. I mean, we sat down with Sheriff Jeff Easter just a few weeks ago here on the show, and and he had mentioned that the vast majority of the drugs that come across, that come into the Wichita area, and predominantly meth in in this area for whatever reason, uh, all comes from Mexico. It all comes up here from from the border. Well, and the sex slavery, too. I mean, there's just so many evil consequences 
the Democrats have no morals. You know, they're willing to butcher a baby at nine months. They're certainly willing to do all this stuff too. But yeah. it's stolen elections have consequences. Yeah, I'm I'm right there with you. I appreciate the phone call, and you're absolutely right. I mean, stolen uh, stolen elections have uh, see now that comment though. I'm not gonna be able to put this on Facebook now. They're gonna ban this on Facebook for that kind of comment. But you're absolutely right. Is look, we love immigration. We are a nation built on immigrants. I completely agree with the Democrats' talking point and rhetoric on that one. That's absolutely true, but we need to make it legal, and we we need to make sure that we know who's coming across the border. And all these caravans, even in the last month, they've caught in like three or four different terrorists trying to slip across the border as well. Imagine how many that we haven't been able to get across either. So it's uh, it's very concerning. And when you hear stories like that, the horror stories of the things that go on down there and the uh, shenanigans they pull to get children and women across during the human trafficking and Wichita's big in human trafficking and Wichita's big in drugs uh, from coming up from the border, then you think, wait a second, um, you know, there's a common ground that we can find here on both sides of the aisle if we would really have a sit-down conversation and have a rational conversation as opposed to the extreme left progressive rhetoric of just uh, there's no such thing as illegal and you can do anything you want to, and if you don't like that, then you're just an evil racist. And once we have a commonsensical conversation again, then we can actually make the community better and not have to worry about some uh, crazy, you know, cartels or crazy gang members coming across our border and doing crazy things. Let's go back to the phones here. Phones are lit up. Line number two. Good morning. Who's this? Hey, Andy, it's Sean. Sean, what's going on, sir? How are we doing? Oh, pretty good. Long time. No talk That's to. has been a couple of weeks. That's right. Yeah. Well, sorry. I was at re-education camp. <clears throat> where I had my gender neutralized, and now I'm 37% less white, too. Well, so. you know what? It's, you know what? Now you can get away with a lot more in society, apparently. Maybe you can go play on some, Maybe you can go play on a female softball league. <laughs> hey, <clears throat> boy, I wouldn't mind that. I'd have a lot of fun. <laughs> I'd have a lot of fun in the locker room. <laughs> no, well, there you go. <laughs> Uh, hey, no, let me ask hey. you, that's, uh, have you gotten the vaccine yet? Uh, no, and I'm not going to. Not going to. All right. There it is. Well, what's on your mind today, Sean? Well, <clears throat> I'm sorry. I, I missed I missed most of your show up until uh, five, five minutes ago or so. How dare you? And I had a hard time. I, sometimes when I call you, I get a the person at extension whatsoever is uh, not available to take the call at this time or something. Well, if you, do, if, if, if you get that, then that means because all the lines are full already and it just won't go through. So if you get that, then just keep trying to call back. But that just means I'm very popular for some reason. Yeah, okay. <laughs> well, anyway, so I don't know what the subject is you're talking about today. Well, we bounced all over the place. Okay, well, um, I can give you my thoughts on the uh, situation down at the border. For <laughs> go, for go for it. Go for it. We got some other calls online. You got a minute. Go for it. Okay. Um, it sucks. <laughs> well, you know what? I can't argue with that one. Can't argue with that one. Okay. Let me give other people a chance. I'll talk to you next week. That sounds great, Sean. We appreciate the call very much, my friend. 316-721-8255. You know what? Short, sweet, and simple. Uh, what's the issue on the border? It sucks. Yeah, there you go. Appreciate it. Let's go back to the phone tier. Line number three. Good morning. Who's this? Oh, all right. Uh, go ahead and turn down your radio and listen to the phone there because we got a little bit of a delay on there. So uh, go ahead and turn down your phone. And let's try that again. Line number three. Good morning. Who's this? Hello. Hello. How we doing? 
Good. How are you? I'm living the dream. What's on your mind, my friend? Well, you're talking about the border crossing stuff this morning. I guess my question would be for those people that think that, that, that that's a good thing is how many of those people have a sign in their front yard that says, front door open, come on in, grab a bed, make yourself at home? Well, I think we should do that on I should, I think we should put that sign in front of all the Democrats houses. What do you think? Well, that, but that's what I'm saying. Those those very same people would say, "Well, what do you mean? Well, if you think that's legal, then why don't you won't you have those people come into your house every night or whatever?" Because why should we do that as a country? I mean, I don't have anything against immigration. We are a country of immigrants, but that's why we have laws yeah. for that very same thing right there. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, when we're concerned about burglaries or we're concerned about, you know, someone violating your private property or coming in to attack you to some degree, and then we say, well, if you deny them that access, then you are a bigot and close-minded racist uh, in some way, shape, or form. That's exactly what they're saying, that you should open up your doors. You should, you know, just unlock your door, keep it wide open, keep the lights on, keep the refrigerator open while you go to bed at night and say anybody who wishes to come in and take anything they want should have the right to do so. Because remember, at the end of the day, while they don't openly admit it, they do tell you that you shouldn't have any private property rights. And if you have a home, then you're one of the privileged ones and you don't have a right to that. There's a city council member out of the city of Denver that literally said that we believe in communism and no one has the right to private property because it's not there's no such thing as private property, that you don't own anything. The government owns it and has the right to redistribute it as they see fit. Is that kind of like you didn't build that? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, you didn't build that. We actually built that one. You may have tried to start your business, but we you really didn't. We gave you that opportunity to build that. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. I, if we don't know who we don't know who's coming in our country, if we don't know what they bring into our country yeah. or who they're bringing into this country, then you know we're asking for we're asking for all kinds of hurt as a as a country, and whether it's, we're talking about sure. COVID or whether we're talking about. Uh, violence or whether we're talking whatever we're talking about terrorism whatever yeah. we have to know who's coming into our country just like we uh, we ought to be able to say who comes into our house amen to that i'm right there with you i appreciate the call very much you're absolutely and again this is not an anti-immigrant rhetoric which you know if any democrats listening are out there they're probably melting down oh my gosh i can't believe all the anti-immigration talk there we love immigrants love immigrants we are a nation built on immigrants we're the melting pot or the mosaic or whatever you want to call the united states we love immigrants but you need to come in legally come through the process and you can't just come up and say i'm here at the border you gotta let me in we can't crowd our facilities we can't use our taxpayer money for that we're not even testing for covid for crying out loud while they release them into the community your business got shut down in this nation because you weren't an essential business, according to the government, but yet we're going to allow an illegal immigrant to waltz right into the country without being tested for COVID to go and spread it around. And we're like, gee, the numbers are still up. I guess you need to wear a mask. You're not allowed to see your family and you can't make an income because you can't open up your business. That's literally what the Democrats have done in this country over the last year. And it's unbelievable. Let's go back to the phone to your line number four. Good morning. Who's this? Andy, it's Doug, your favorite sports guy. Mr. Doug Downs, the sportsman. What's happening, sir? Hey, man, just listening to your show this morning, and I know you're talking about border crossing and immigrants and all that kind of stuff right now. Quite frankly, between them and Joe Biden, I don't know. Between that and Joe Biden, I don't know what's a bigger mess or more. <laughs> yeah, well, it's a mess. We were talking about a little bit earlier. Yeah. It is. It's a big mess. It, it, it's a mess 
on the borders that needs to be fixed. But unfortunately, we don't have anybody in the White House right now that has the, the ability or the capability to fix it. So they're, until we can get that kind of stuff figured out, whenever that's going to be, maybe two years from now when we can get back control of the House and the Senate, then, then yeah. maybe we can get this fixed. Until then, I think we're just putting up with it. But yeah, I want to go back to, to something yeah. that you were you were talking about earlier, and that is with uh, Whipple and this mask mandate. <laughs> yes. And, you know, look, you know, I just got off of having COVID. Mm-hmm. And I've never – I haven't been a mask guy. I haven't really worn the mask that much. It took me almost a year into the pandemic before I finally got COVID. And I'm not going to lie. When I had COVID, it sucked. It was not fun. It was It was having a – like having a severe case of the flu. And I know that there's people out there that have passed away with COVID. I don't want anybody to lose their life. I've I've never been a guy that that wants that. But one of the things that that in talking to some doctors, and I'm not going to call any of them out here, but in talking to some doctors about the mask while I had COVID was this is what I was told. Most of the masks that people are wearing, whether it's the, the homemade cloth mask, the gator, or the paper mask, it stops about 35% about of what's going in and out of your mouth. Sure. And so I had doctors tell me, look, here's what the mask should be for. If you're walking around a department store and there's nobody around you, there's no reason to wear that mask. If Once you get in line to like check out and you're standing around people, put the mask up, go through the line, you know, make sure that you're staying the six feet away from people. I guess it's three feet now, according to the CDC. And then go on about your business. But this government control of saying you have to wear a mask before you can even go into this building or you have to wear a mask for this or that, that's what's driving people crazy, and that shouldn't happen. And Brandon Whipple needs to get off of it. He cannot he, – he doesn't need to try to control us in our every move. We can make our own decisions. And you know what? Most people like me that, that have been not really a big mask person, I will do the smart thing. If I'm around my parents who are you know 81 years old, I'm, I'll put the mask on. Yeah. But if I'm out and about and just doing my everyday life, there's no reason for it. No, I'm right there with you. There's no reason. You're right. If you're around a bunch of people, put it on for a minute until you get through them and then take it off and go about your day. And I think most people would be open to that and fine with something like that. But when you hear the rhetoric of first off, like you said, I mean, 37 percent, 35 percent of what's actually going in and out of your mouth, which is why now they're saying you need to wear two and three masks, because that way it's really going to stop 90 to 100 percent of what's actually coming through, which is not good for you, by the way. And that's really stupid. But, I mean, if when they say, oh, the mask mandate's about to end, and then you hear the city say, oh, we're really scared, we're almost through this, and we need to get the vaccine and keep wearing masks, so we just need to continue to find a way to do it within city limits, people are going to lose their minds. And we're going to see massive amounts of litigation now because the state has allowed businesses to sue for the max capacity, for the mask wearing, and for the social distancing. It's not popular anymore, and we get that we're just kind of done with this whole thing. Well, and the other thing about the vaccine is it seems like every government official is so surprised that only about 15 percent of people have decided to take the vaccine. I understand Governor Kelly has you know, decided now on Monday we're going to stage five and anybody over 16 years old can get the vaccine. I'm not shocked at all that that's the percentage of people taking the vaccine. It's the one part of this whole pandemic that the government has tried to control that I think people have finally pushed back on and said, you're not going to control me. You're not going to force me to put something in my body that I don't, I'm not sure about and that I don't want in my body right now. And so I don't know why they're so surprised that only about 15% of people are taking the vaccine. <laughs> well, they brought enough vaccine into the state to 
uh, give it to every single person, the entire population. And now they opened it up as of Monday. They're going into phase five. So anybody 16 years and older can actually get the vaccine uh, in the state starting on Monday because they have vaccines now sitting there because not everybody's going to get it. And now they're saying, all right, there's no more waiting lists or lines. I guess we can open up to everyone. I don't know how many more people want to get it because now that you've gotten into the lower ages, if you do get it, you're asymptomatic and don't have any issues anyways. I think that we're pretty much going to be sitting on the majority of the vaccines that are coming in, don't you think? Yeah, I think 15 to 17% of this population here in Sedgwick County is going to take the vaccine. And I think yeah. if you go and look at the flu shot, it's probably about the same kind of numbers. Yeah, it's going to be a big push. Doug Downs, appreciate it very much. Hey, good to talk to you. Make sure to check those guys out. By the way, Doug Downs over on our sister station, Sports Radio KGSO, week morning, 6 a.m. to 9 a.m. with the game plan, talking about all your sports stuff, K-State, KU, Wichita State, and other things, of course, with the national things as well. Speaking of, for our little plug before we go to the break as well, we do have, and it just started right now with the pregame over on KGSO, 1410 a.m., 93.9 FM. You can listen to the Division II Championship for basketball tournaments. We do have also your March Madness tournaments, all tournament long so right after the division two game that's going to be wrapping up oh one one thirty or so today we have the rest of the sweet 16 games starting today tomorrow monday and tuesday as well all of them on sports radio kgso you can listen to the radio broadcast of all of those games um throughout most of the day all right we'll take a break wrap up the show last few minutes left on the program if you want to chime in right here on the candace talk on the big talker kqam <laughs> Welcome back in. Just a couple of minutes left here of the program. We did get a comment on the Facebook live feed. Uh, sounds like someone from the other side of the aisle. Welcome aboard. I know you listen. Uh, we love it. Not all Democrats want to kill babies. Uh, I know that. But by far, the platform of the Democrat Party is promoting abortion. So if you don't like that, change the platform of your party. Also on the immigration thing, would you want your children turned around at a border when it's more dangerous to live in that country? No, but I wouldn't be sending my kids on a road path, a dangerous path to a border as well illegally to hope they just get to waltz right into a country because that's not the way countries work. And I would be fighting to make my country a good place to live so that way they could have a proper uh, growing up as opposed to just, you know, running them off and hoping they can jump a fence and live somewhere in hiding for the rest of their life because they did it illegally. To me, that's not okay, and that's not, you know, the best parenting either. But appreciate the uh, appreciate the calls in the comments, and you can uh, give me a call as well at 316-721-8255. With that, we got about a minute and a half left. Let's take another phone call. Line number one. Good morning. Who's this? Good morning, Andy. It's Nick. Nick, what's going on, brother? How you doing? Well, honestly, I I just wanted to call and say hi because I haven't talked to you for a while. But I guess for the record, I do believe that uh, we as Kansans should be pro-life and also for good enforcement of our immigration laws. However... I do have to ask you, young man. Okay. What is this ginger all about? I listened to this uh, ginger uh, <laughs> musically brilliant, yet a hauntingly terrifying uh, music uh, from from this lady, and and I was I was uh, impressed by her ability, but. Um, my goodness, that's more intense than I can be. Oh, let me, t- let me tell you, Nick. <laughs> let me tell you, Nick. Ginger is right now by far, bar none, 
the best band out there. They are the go. And Tatiana, the female <laughs> singer, is the e- most epic female vocalist. And if you've never heard of them, go to YouTube to check them out. Ginger with a J. J-I-N-J-E-R. They're from the Ukraine. They are absolutely... She's got the most beautiful singing voice, but yes, the, mo- the most intense metal growl ever. They're coming to Lawrence in November. I will be there because I have to see them in li- in concert live. They are a bucket list band. I absolutely love them. Nick, I appreciate it. I have to say, I'm not promoting or anything or endorsing, but <laughs> I do have to say that Just mu- musically, it was very br- it's a very brilliant uh, oh, concept and everything. They're and, and, and when uh, I think of, of that kind of music, I think of Andy Hoosier. So. I love it. Nick, I hate to get you off, brother. It's good to talk to you. We're out of time. But, yes, check them out. My favorite band. Make it happen, brother. And they're going to be in Lawrence coming up in November. Concerts are coming back.